Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. Learn from extraordinary leaders and get a behind-the-scenes look at what it truly takes to become a network marketing hero. On this week's episode... I always believe that, you know, that the first 72 hours when you sponsor a new person, get something really positive happening. Make sure you, you know, try to get them, try to get them to sponsor two or three people. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools at blissbusiness.com. Awesome. Well, welcome everybody. This is Richard Brook. Welcome to Hero Call number 74. This is a Bliss Business uh, twice-monthly, hour-long interview of somebody in the network marketing profession that has followed the methods and the philosophies of building a four-year career. Some people do it a little quicker. Some people it takes a little longer. Some people build it uh, to a moderate size. Some people build it huge. And so what we do on these calls is we dive in and we interview these people. And uh, if you've followed along on these hero calls, you know that what we pay close attention to is who was the person that first introduced our hero to the network marketing opportunity that influenced them to get involved. And our, our hero tonight has been involved in a couple of different companies. So we'll kind of go along that bumpy road and then he'll tell us how he landed on his current company. And we'll talk to him about the numbers, which is really important to our building philosophy, how many people he personally sponsored the first year and the second year. And then uh, as usual, we'll focus on when geometric progressions are applied to that kind of start in the right company with the right products and the right leadership, it's just absolutely amazing what can happen. And you're going you're gonna to hear that tonight in Jeff's story. I want to remind everybody that uh, in these interviews, we are interviewing exceptional people that have done extraordinary things. And so we have the disclaimer, don't try this at home. These results are unusual. Do not expect the same results. Um, but, you know, here's the point of interviewing people that have done extraordinary things, not to suggest that all of you on the call or listening to this call sometime in the future will do what Jeff has done. The point of interviewing extraordinary accomplishments in network marketing is whatever you want to do, whether it's earn $500 a month or $5,000 a month or a lot more, if you study what these heroes have done, if you study the 60 minutes of questions and answers, if you study how they got started, if you study their attitude, if you study their strategies, what you'll find is a common theme that uh, people can succeed in this business. It's not necessarily for the faint of heart. Um, I, I won't suggest that it's easy, but it's certainly simple if you do what works. And the people that we're interviewing have done what works and done it to a super high level, uh, a level that I'm sure is going to inspire you tonight. So tonight we got an, uh, an extraordinary guy. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to have get your help in pronouncing your last name. Altgilbers? <laughs> Altgilbers. Alt yeah, that's Alt good. Altgilbers. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Altgilbers. <clears throat> well, we've never Aren't met. Aren't you glad you don't have a German name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't um, brief the people that I interview ahead of time. I don't give them the questions I'm going to ask. Uh, I like to do these completely uh, extemporaneously, and I find that they just flow much more authentically there, and we get real answers and truthful answers. And So, Jeff, tell us your story, uh, and let's start with first tell us a little bit about you. Where do you live? Give us just a thumbnail of your family and maybe what you did before network marketing. And then I know that you 
were introduced to network marketing, you know, decades ago, and maybe just tell us about those brief encounters. Well, th thank you, Richard. It's an honor to be on this call with you because you were one of my idols, and when I read your books, and and uh, and finally I met you, uh, uh, I guess in Las Vegas um, last year. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was we nice. Meet, it was so nice to 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 finally meet the Richard Brooks. <laughs> um, I live in. Uh, I live right across from the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Oh, great! And so I live out in the country. So we we got bears and everything here, wildlife around the house, and you know it's just that's and you know we have an eight-year-old son, a fifteen-year-old son, and uh, and so yeah, that's where we live. Prior to getting into network marketing, I had a cleaning business. And it was a business that I started. Uh, I, you know, go out wash windows. I just, my father always said I was un totally unemployable. <laughs> because yeah. I was, I was very independent in my nature. And uh, so I, I, you know, I would just take whatever jobs I could get. Finally, I started adding uh, accounts, and then I started, you know, hiring some people. And that's what I did. And I mean, for years, I mean, I would just go into, go into stores late at night, strip their floors, you know, do an all-nighter. I mean, it was a lot of night work. Um, I listened to, I don't, you, you know this, Nightingale and Conat, oh, yeah. Earl Nightingale. I used to listen to his tapes. And my wife back then used to ridicule me and say, why do you listen to those tapes? What is that going to do? That's not going to teach you how to clean a floor better. Well, you're wasting your money. And I'd always say, well, I don't know. It just makes me feel better. And, and so for years I would listen, you know, to those tapes. And, and, um, and, it, and it got a lot of thinking in my head. And uh, so for, for, for many years, for many years, I had a cleaning business, and that's what I did prior to network marketing. And that was a commercial cleaning business? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. Yep. And was your was your primary Earl Nightingale uh, tape the strangest secret? Oh, there's the secret there, rather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had that baritone yeah, probably, voice, you know. I'd never forget him. Yeah. I probably listened to the strangest secret a thousand times. Uh, oh, I love so, that man. Uh, t tell us who was the first person that successfully introduced you to network marketing. Their name really doesn't matter. You can acknowledge them if you want, but I'm more interested in how you knew that person, like how they were connected to you, and what did they say to you that got your attention that had you take a look? Well, my first experience was back in 1978 with Forever Living Products, and it yep. was a relative. And he just signed me up and had me buy a case of yellow jugs of aloe vera. Was and, that when Carl that, Jensen owned it? I have no idea, but that was my first experience, you know, back in 19, you know, so next year that'll be 40 years. Yeah. And um, did you build in, did you build in that company? I, I, I sold product because that was it. I mean, there, you know, it was pre-internet, pre-cell phone, pre-everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what else could yeah. you do, right? <laughs> yeah. And, but, but back to your question though, um, so then, uh, then it was, I think, in, you know, and so I, 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 I dabbled with that for, for, for years. And then finally I, end up in, I ended up in NSA. At the same time, you know, Eric Worre, he was in it back then. Back at, we were in it at the same time, back in 1979. Uh-huh. And, 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 uh, and how long and did you build in uh, NSA? I built in, the, I built in that company for three years. Okay. And I... And, and, and there wasn't the residual income, you know, because I, I didn't, you know, the, you can't eat a water filter or an air filter, right? Right. And yeah. and and that was the thing. But you know, but but uh, there were a lot of good lessons I I got out of that because again, technology was evolving. That was changing. Network marketing was changing how we did things. And I had a corporate approach to network marketing back then. I had an office. I ran ads in the newspaper. People come into my office all the time through the day into the evening. I do 
presentation after presentation. So that was a it was a great building experience in that sense. And right. uh, and and me and Eric, you know, we laugh about some of the same people that we knew back then. You know, they're just you know, <laughs> you know, people that I admired that did so well. But uh, and then and then it you know, uh, I, of course I went on I went into Quorum if you remember that one. Oh yeah, I um, remember Quorum. And I built in that, and I said I'll give it one year to see how it goes, and if if I'm not satisfied, then I'm going to move on. And and again, it was another direct sales thing like NSA. And then I said, hey, 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 come on. You've got to find consumable products, things right. that people eat, consume every day. And then that's when I shifted and um, went into one company called Voxa that, you know, if you remember that one. Um, I do. Yeah, good products, uh, crazy owner. Um, and then after that, my next one, and that was in March of 1993, was the best decision I made at the time, and uh, and that was a company called Enrich. I know and them I signed well. up. I under, I signed up under Ken Pontius. Wow, and, I know Ken. Yeah. I knew him. Uh, knew him anyway. Great guy. Yeah. Okay. Awesome guy. And and so when you ask who made a big impact on you, that was him. Yeah, he was he was class class act and a real pro. He sure was. He sure was. And it was a great, it, you know, it was perfect because it was, that was the company I hit a home run with and, and, um, and I was full time and everything changed at, you know, from that point. But I was, by that time I was, I, I, I lost my two major cleaning accounts I had for 10 years. I had all my <laughs> eggs in two baskets and, and I lost it all. And, and it was right before I joined Enrich and <clears throat> And I was broke. I didn't have any money to even get started. Matter of fact, I wrote a check for $35 for the starter kit, and I, and I barely had the money in the bank to cover that. But I didn't have any money so for how, products. So how did you find your way to Four Life? Well, it, it, eventually what happened was the uh, uh, Enrich in, in was the way, because if you remember – um, in Rich, one of the uh, the vice president was David Lisenby, yep. who owns Four Life, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. I know David. And um, and that's sort of how it happened. How you know? But it's interesting because all my all the people I had in my Rich organization, when the company was sold, um, they all went different directions because the new owners yep. came in and they did a good job of ruining it, and um, <laughs> and so. And so I had to start all over again. And, you know, it was always, you know, ground zero. Here we go again. And then, and so what happened was by the time 4Life came around, I was pretty much out of wind. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I, I, I had an old house. It was built in 1860, Greek Revival. And I can remember out there painting, painting the house. I did it for therapy. And all I could think of was I hate network marketing. All these people, they're all dogs. They, none of this ever works out. Somebody always screws it up. You know? <laughs> and, and they kept calling me and kept calling me. And then I can remember, you know, and, and, and that was uh, in uh, December of 1998. Um, then I said, uh, I said, listen, uh, I'll tell you what, the day after New Year's is my starting date. And then finally I put down the brush and I shook my head. I thought, oh, man, I can't believe I'm going to do this again. I, maybe I need a doctor or something. I don't know. <laughs> so t tell us about your start in 4Life. Um, I know one of the questions we asked you in the survey, I don't remember if we got an answer or not, because it would be hard for you to remember 18 years ago. But uh, one of the things that we'd like to dial people into is how many people, really successful people, enroll in their first 90 days, like getting that momentum rolling, getting a small team, getting enough people around you that you stay on fire about the build. Do you remember how many people you personally sponsored in your first 90 days? <clears throat> Not really. I, I, you know, because a lot of the time, some of the people that I did sponsor took up so much of my time doing three-way calls with them. And we yep. were doing conference calls. It was just, 
you know, I just know that, you know, my, my first year I, I sponsored like 35, and I think the yeah, second year was awesome. 37. Yeah. It was 72 right in, in two years. That's plenty. That's right in line with uh, almost everybody I've interviewed, Jeff, 74 people now. I'd say uh, 95% of them personally enrolled somewhere between 60 and 100 people their first two years in the business. Mm. And out of that, you get those few like you that are willing to run with you. So tell us how your build went over the first four or five years, kind of up until the point you moved to Guam. Um, of course, you know, at that time, you know, the, what was really nice is that conference call like we're doing right now was really, uh, popular back in 1998 and, and also having a hotline for your product was important. I always say, you know, the, the principles never change, just the tools. And, uh, and so, you know, we always redefine how we do network marketing today because technology influences it. And it, it's always for the better. That's the good thing. But, um, but back then, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was just like I spent most of my time, my, I hit it hard my first 90 days. Matter of fact, I hit the, I went to the top of the compensation plan uh, in my third month. I, you know, I had $5,000 like mentally written on my forehead when I went to a mirror. That's all I could see. And my, and my check was over 5000 uh, you know, my third month. So, and, and I was exhausted after that 90-day build. I was definitely exhausted. And then after yep. that, I went, I went at a pace that I was comfortable with. And, and, and what was really nice was I was able to do that from my, you know, 1860 Greek Revival home in South Carolina where I was living at the time um, and uh, work from there, do conference calls. I was building domestically. I never built outside the United States. Um, well, Canada. Yeah, I did have a team in Canada, yep. but that right, was well, it. Tell us, tell us how that first three or four years went. So you sponsored 75 people or so your first couple of years, and right. then did you, did you pick certain people to work with and, and take them deep, uh, and what did that grow into? Well, of course, that's, that's the key, isn't it, is that once you find some serious leaders, you know, you hone in, focus on them. I'm not sponsoring at that point because I want to get them, you know, stable and strong. And, and so and my sponsor, uh, who spoke fluent Spanish, um, he, he worked with, um, you know, the, some of the Spanish leaders that I had in my team since he spoke that language. And then that's what we did. And then, uh, you know, again, initially it was, conference calls and then later on we started doing events events started following where we right. go around the country and do events um and keep in mind you know at that time the company we only had one product when we started so there, there's some interesting history there and having been right. beat up a lot before i came into the company i was quite beat up at the time uh, I, I, I had my, I had some doubts with is this thing going to be around, you know, cause all the others weren't, <laughs> nothing's ever seen to so, stick and stay, you know, where, um, where did you find your people, Jeff, the 75 people that you sponsored, were they pretty much people from previous endeavors or did you develop, uh, some sort of strategy for connecting with people and finding people mm-hmm. in your community? Where did you find yeah, a good the question. you enrolled? Good question. Actually, I never was a warm market person. I never was. I understand that's that's very essential to network marketing, is tapping in people's warm market. That's the easiest way to grow. But I was just not. I was never a friend, family, recruit your neighbor kind of guy. I just that wasn't me. So with me, I always I always advertised when I was back in the 1978 with. Uh, NSA, uh, in those years, I'd ran ads in the newspaper, and that's how I, that's how I sponsor my leaders. 
And so when and I came into in for life. And so that's how I did it in for life. I, I did postcards. I did uh, what, what we had network network marketing times magazine. Was it back then? Yep. yep. I had, I, I, I had the inside cover when I was advertising, I advertised in a lot. And then I bought lists, things like that. I was a cold market guy. And like I said, I always built from the ground up. I always, you know, if I had to start over again in another company, I always started with usually at zero because, you know, a lot of people are trying to get over what happened in the last one. So, so here I am. <clears throat> That's what I did with 4Life. I advertised. I worked with new leaders. And then I'd ask them one important question, who do you know? Who do you know that's good? Put them on the phone with me. I want to talk to them. And, when and that's said, how we grew it. You, and when you said, who do you know that's good, how did you define good? What kind of people did you tell the people you were working with you were looking for? And, and what have you discovered as a profile makes somebody a great candidate to be successful? Mm. Well, I always would tell them, look, leadership is about influence. So it doesn't mean that they have to necessarily have network marketing experience. It just means they have influence with people. They pick up the phone, they call somebody, say, i got something to show you, and then they run over to their house. And, the, and that person will listen. They'll even join before they know what it is. Uh, that's influence because they believe in that person. So I'll, I'll say, so then th there's that kind of person. There's also people who do have network marketing experience. And, and I said, and if, if they do, then, then you know, what, 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 how much success have they had? Have they ever made any money? Have they ever built a team? Uh, did they have a downline? Were they successful? Tell me something about it. And that's the way I was, too, even in my advertising. When I got on the phone with somebody, and, and you know, many times the people that respond to those ads were network marketers. And I'd say, hey, that's great. You know, you know tell me, what company were you in? Oh, okay. Wow, did you, did you make any money there? Did you build a team? And I'd just shut up and listen and take notes. And then I'd try to get a feel for what kind of person I've got on the phone. And then i know where you know where to go. And, and I did that with my leaders, too, you know. And I always say, you know, just go out. You know, there's two ways to hunt, shotgun or a twenty two. A shotgun will get sparrows and all these things, but who wants to eat sparrows, right? 22, you can go out and get you a deer. And so I said, give me, just take a 22. Let's go out and let, let's find some people that have influence, they have leadership, and they can grow. Whether they don't have network marketing or they do, it doesn't matter. I said, let's just get them in and let's get going. And that's the way we did. And that was always my MO uh, throughout For Life. Uh, because I can remember when I was when I flew over to Guam after being in the company for years, and they started registering products uh, the products overseas. I went to Korea for the first time, <laughs> scared to death in a way. I never left North America. Um, anyway, but I can remember when I decided to live on the island of Guam because it was central to many Asian countries, and I could fly from the island, be anywhere in two hours. Basically, Japan, Hong Kong, Taiwan, wherever, Philippines. And, but uh, I, I would talk to the leaders back in the U.S. Who, who they know people overseas or their people know people overseas. And I'm one of my frontline leaders. I said to her, I said, who do you know? Come on. You know, she's an average leader, not that strong. Um, I said, come on, who do you know? She said, well, I know so-and-so in Singapore, but I already talked to her about this, and she's not interested. And she told me her level of experience. And I said, I thought, yeah, she's not interested because of you, because you're, you're not strong. I said, give me your phone number. Called her up. I said, hey, I'm going to be in your neighborhood next week. <laughs> I'm going to be in her neighborhood, Singapore, right? I said, can I, can I just meet with you somewhere? We have lunch. I'm going to tell you about what we're doing, and that's okay if you're not interested. But... I'm going to share it with you anyway. And if you're, if you're still not interested, we'll just be friends. How about that? Well, today that lady does over $2 million a month in volume. It took wow. me two days, and then I signed her up, and I called the lady back in Canada, <clears throat> and I said, what's your ID number? <laughs> I said, I got her. <laughs> but I always work through my people. Always work right. through my people. 
even if they didn't have a language that I understood. Like one lady answered one of my ads out of Hawaii, matter of fact. She was Japanese. <clears throat> and I asked her, I said, what nationality? Our guy detected accent. She said, Japanese. I said, do you know any strong networkers in Japan? She said, yeah, and she told me who. And she says, but he's not interested because he's successful. And I said, well, I like to talk to successful people. She said, well, do you know Japanese? I said, no. She said, well, he doesn't know English. I said, I tell you what, but I got this thing on my phone. It's called three-way call. What if I put you on the phone with him and you translate? And she did. And in that conversation, he agreed for, to a presentation. And then I simply did the next step, and that was called the general manager. It got, them, got those two together. He signed up, came in, and I looked at my printout, and I mean, it was unbelievable. The volume, the names, and all that. So that was how I always, I always worked through my leaders, always through my leaders. Who do you know? It's like that, what is that, in Think and Grow Rich, remember that story about uh, there's more gold that's been hauled out of the human mind than out of the mountains? So yeah. you, you have to get into their head and find out who do you know, and then work through your leaders, drive it deep, drive it deep, and then you can experience this thing that – you know, that you've been experiencing for many years, Richard. It's, it's called financial independence. You'll really arrive. So what did your team grow into? Out of 70-some-odd out of people that you personally sponsored in the first couple of years, uh, you've been doing it 18 now, so your, your team is huge, 53 companies, yeah. I think. I, 53 countries, yeah. I think I read. 56. Um, but, you know, af- after the first four, five, six years, how big was your team? Well, um, back then we were, again, I was still in the U.S. the, the first four years, and, and I think we were like 10,000 people, you know. I mean, when it finally That's hit huge. momentum, it, it, it went nuts. Right. It, it just went yeah. nuts. That's, and how big is it now? Uh, half a million. Half million Half a distributors, million people in fifty-six countries. Fifty-six countries. You know, and I didn't even know that. I, I went to the company one time. They had they rolled out the red carpet when I came and when I arrived and all that. And the CEO uh, gathered all the employees, and he was talking about, you know, that I get paid out of fifty-six countries. Well, I didn't know I got paid out of fifty-six countries. <laughs> I don't keep up with it. You know, the last time I ordered a printout was uh, about. Uh, 15 years ago, and I think I killed a tree. Yeah. You know, when, when, I, when UPS pulled up and I saw this huge box, I just got off my Sea-Doo because uh, it was a lake house, and I said, what, what is that? You know, a big old box. And that, that's your printout. I never ordered one after that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeff, tell us. Uh, so I want you to just sort of think about, Jeff, you got – you got a lot of people on this call that most of the people that hang out on the hero call are not heroes themselves. They are people that, you know, they've been in the business a while, maybe two or three months, maybe two or three years, and most of them have not figured it out for themselves yet. They haven't got that, that mindset. They haven't dropped into that strategy. They don't have quite the belief. They don't have quite the posture. Maybe they don't have the work ethic, and they're hoping that, you know, kind of hanging out is going to do it for them, and so they keep listening to calls, which is certainly better than quitting. What would you tell these people that been kind of maybe struggling or stuck and or plateaued? You know, they got to a certain level, and, and they want to take it all the way, but they're just kind of stuck. What would you say to them? Hmm. You know, it, the thing is, you're never going to grow your business any be, any bigger than what you are in your own personal growth, right? And so personal growth has a lot to do with it. So we have to constantly feed ourselves information daily. The other day I was driving down the road and I was listening to The Secret. Uh, you know, I thought, I'm going to listen to that again. And, you know, The Law of Attraction and I yeah. personally experienced the law of attraction even before the book was ever written. And I didn't understand the law of attraction, but I did the law of attraction. I mean, I, I experienced it because when I lost my businesses 
and I was totally broke. I had no money. And I can remember sitting on the porch, sitting there, because I, I decided I found the company to go with, and, and I sat there and I thought, wow, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, and that's all I could think about. And finally, a voice just shouted out of my head, shut up, we know you're broke, now let's do something about it. And the word do, it just moved me. And then I looked down the driveway, and I saw the only thing that was left from my bankrupt company was a junk truck. The tire was flat. The engine didn't start. And I said, that's it. That's it. I'll sell the junk truck. And I sold the junk truck. Uh, to, I got a guy come out. He gave me $400. $400. I put $200 in the groceries and $200 in the products. $200 in the products. And that was how I got started. And I was listening to, because you, we, uh, we talk about mindset, we talk about growing ourselves, that our, that, that our business isn't going to grow any more than our personal growth. I was listening to Anthony Robbins, uh, Personal Power <clears throat> and um, Unlimited Power. Anyway, yep. I was listening to his audio cassettes, and every day I was, I was taking notes. And it was all new to me. But I had a lot of negative programming, you know, like, you know, I'll never be successful. I can't be successful. Well, what if I make more money than my friends? I mean, they're all broke. Anyway, so Anthony got all that stuff out of my head. And I was just taking notes, taking notes. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. And my sponsor uh, gave me a cell phone because I couldn't afford a phone bill. So I started calling. Well, Actually, I couldn't call where I, where I lived because I didn't have good reception. I'd have to go up in the hills of Tennessee. I can remember one time opening up a cattle gate, driving my car into the pasture. I closed the gate. I got my notes out on the hood. Cows are all around me, and so, so, is, so is cow pies all around me too. And I'm making calls and calling people and setting appointments. And then I would go see these people. And I never knew if I, you know, sometimes I didn't have the gas to get back home. I'd have to borrow it. And I can remember one time I came home and I, on my answering machine was 100 messages. I was gone for the weekend, came home, 100 messages from my creditors wanting their money. And my friend said, well, what are you going to do? And again, law of attraction. I'm not going to focus on the negative. And then I walked, I said, I'll show you. I walked up, unplugged the machine, plugged it back in. I said, wow, look at that. Went back to zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and awesome. and it, was, it was so tough because the, I, yeah, I, was, I, I was three months behind paying the bank on my truck. And then, um, and then I had not paid my utility bill. One day a guy came knocking at the door saying, sir, I need a check right now for the utility. And I said, oh, Yeah. Uh, let's go out to the driveway. I got my checkbook in my truck. Went out to the driveway. Truck was gone. The bank had come got it that morning. <laughs> I said to the guy, where's my truck? Where's my truck? And he says, sir, you look like a man with problems. <laughs> he turned off my electricity. 80-year-old man. He's an engineer. 80-year-old man named Wally. He followed me wherever I went. God knows why. <laughs> he gave me the money to get my utilities uh, turned back on. Then he gave me a car that looked like it had been in his family four generations. It did have a little paint left on it. And that was what I drove around to show success, right? To talk about success. I sort of park it far from the eye, and then I walk into, you know, like a quarter of a mile to my prospect, you know, go sit and talk but, or do a meeting. But I can remember, so, Richard. What would you, Jeff, what would, you, what would you tell people? You listen to Tony Robbins, you listen to Earl Nightingale. Yeah. Who else would you recommend? What, what are some of your favorite books or blogs or the things that you study that you would recommend to people? Well, they ought to, they ought to read your book, <laughs> your books. Yeah, they probably you... already read my book. So uh, <laughs> what else would you recommend? Well, of course, you know, if they want to understand, you know, master the basics, that's you know, like I said, your books, there's, of course, uh, uh, Eric Worre. There's, there's actually several out there, um, you know. But 
I don't know. You know, I've always, you know, John Maxwell's always been, a, I've always been a, you know, I've always yeah, read his books. He's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. awesome, you know, so I always recommend every time I go through an airport and he's got a new one, I grab it. I always grab more right. books than I than I can possibly read. And then I don't have much time for TV. Um, right. But I like to read. Right, I do me, like to read. Let me shift um, gears and ask you a different question. Okay. What do you think in your 18 years with Four Lives? In your 18 years with Four Life, what is the biggest mistake you've ever made and maybe you made it one time like a big old blunder or maybe it was just a bad habit and maybe it cost you wealth or maybe it cost you health or relationships or integrity or doesn't matter what's the biggest mistake you feel like you ever made hmm hadn't thought about that one um, because you know you fail your way to success, but you said the biggest. Yep. Um, you know, sometimes I think that I would say that you know, just thinking back, it's being more of a boss to your leaders than inspiring your leaders. You know, sometimes yep. I, I just got to it where I would tell them what to do. Tell them. I remember one of my favorite leaders one day, I was telling her, well, this is what you got to do. This is, <laughs> I was, bop, bop, bop. And she said, listen, I got in this business because I didn't want a boss. So you're not going to be my boss. <laughs> uh-huh. So that was, that was, you know. Um, and then sometimes you have to be care. I have to be careful about the way I praise other leaders around other leaders. Tell me about that. Well, it makes them jealous. It makes them jealous, and and it, and it disempowers them when when you do that. When I when I do that, you know, it just takes the winds out of their sails. Like they're not good enough, but so and so is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to learn the hard way. You know, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, I remember so what, in Korea one is, time we had. Pardon. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell that story. I was going to say in Korea, I, re- I just remember one time it just it created such a problem with the with the, you know between two two different teams and all that, and I had to go fly back yeah. there and put out the fires. So, yeah. what would you recommend people do around recognition that that strategically works? Well, you know. The old saying, they come in this business for money, but what makes them stay is recognition. You know, being appreciated. Yep. And so I, how, think, I think. How have you done that in your career? I've been, you know, like when we have large events, that's one thing I do when I get on stage if we're having a recognition event. I'm very careful about. You know, once you start down that list, you better make sure every name is on it. Um, you know, and so I like to publicly recognize our leaders, but I also like to acknowledge it um, on conference calls, like what we're doing, or in Facebook, for that matter. And, you know, it can be the small things, too. It can be just the small things. It could be the first rank they make um, or, you know, just you know different companies have different incentives you know when they reach that first incentive celebrate it publicly uh even if it's something you know it's not a it's not a high rank position at all it can be right. you know for example in our company we have a thing called power pool if you sponsor three people in in a month then you're in the pool so right. it, we would celebrate hey that person made power pool this month that's awesome so it's really important to pay attention to those, those, uh, I guess those baby steps, yep. and really praise them for that because that just ignites them to keep, you know, to keep going, or their right. or their first check they got. You know, I, I always believe that you know that the first seventy two hours when you sponsor a new person, get something really positive happening. Make sure you you know try to get them try to get them to sponsor two or three people. 
because that's so the honeymoon, that right? Your, yeah. So tell us about that. Like, is that one of your secret strategies? Not so secret, but one of your right. favorite strategies? You sponsor somebody in the business. Like, what do you do with them? What's your program? Like, if you sponsored me in the business uh, today, so this is Wednesday, um, well, different time all over the place. But if it's Wednesday right. and you sponsor me in the business at noon, what's the program you're going to lay out for me over the next week? Well, what I want to do is uh, I, after we've, you know, they've told me how much time they're going to give to it, you want, and, and I think it's really important in the beginning to have a business plan because most people, they fail because they're not properly sponsored. Mm-hmm. So if what you, you mean the by business, that? Well, what I mean by that is they just sign them up and welcome to the club, and then it, that's it. And? Okay. And so, and so that's just program? not the way to do it. You know, I like to sit down, have a plan. Okay, great. Uh, you know, and I, and I said, let me ask you this. What excites you about this, and what would you like to do with it? What would you like to accomplish? What are your dreams? You know, we, we, we know that, that uh, expression begin with the end in mind. So what are your dreams? What do you really want in life? And then, and then take notes. Take notes with that person. Say, okay, great. You know, those, and then praise them for those, uh, for those reasons. It could be because I want to get my children in a decent university or I want to get them in a, living in a better neighborhood, a nicer home. And so praise them for that. And then, and then say, okay, this sounds awesome. You know, look, I, I'll tell you what. I'll make an agreement with you. I will, I will not quit you if you won't quit me. Can we agree to that? If you don't quit me, I won't quit you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you all the way. Can we agree to that? Mm-hmm. And then sure. I'll say, okay, then what days can we work together? And then, and then I want them to say, okay, now here's what I want you to do. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to put together a prospect list. And I don't want you to discriminate, okay? If they're making money, don't think they don't need to be on the list. They do. And I'll explain why. Why people that make money like to make more money. <laughs> they're usually better at it. Um, and, so, and so I'll talk about the list. And I'll say, when do you think you could have enough names on that list where we could start working? What day in the week can we? And then if it's if me, and, and again, I'll say, well, tell me about these people. And if, they're, if it's a strong networker, and if we can physically meet face-to-face, that's what we're going to do. We're going to meet face-to-face. If, mm-hmm. they, if they're long distance, okay, we'll do a three-way call. But we're going to set okay. a time, and I'm going to run with them, and that's my goal, to get something very positive happening within 72 hours. Positive meaning sponsor two or three people. Right. Because they have no faith, right? When they come in this, they're weak. And, and so if I can help them sponsor two or three people, then they, they start believing, wow, I think it's going to work. Right. And their faith, right. their faith starts getting stronger. And that's all we've got to do. We just, like a fire, you just got to throw a log on it, throw a log on it, and just keep building that faith. And then hang there with them long enough until they have some stability, and then you can focus on another leader. You can still go back to them, but you can focus on another leader. Right. All right, so let me ask the flip side of that first question. What's the smartest thing you've done in 18 years? Either a habit or some like one to, uh, like a one-time brilliant move. Mm. Well, it's not brilliant. I think I think really what makes us really great are the basics. And and the thing is my my leaders you know I love them and they know it. They feel it. They know I care about them. Every convention we bring our leaders to the resort mountain we li- we uh, live in, we live at here in uh, the Great Smoky Mountains. And right. this, you know and, you know and I plan a whole program out We've got uh, they're, they're really nice cabins here in the mountains that are rentals. I rent them all, and that's where I put them up. And I'm talking about you know uh, you know our you know decent rank, 
you know, uh, leaders, uh, you know, three different uh, uh, ranks, and I'll right. have them all over, and uh, you know, and then I'll, every day I've got something new planned, and then it's well organized. I've got a staff. I've got people that are are ready. And again, it's not training; it's bonding. It's all we, you know, every night we have a party at my house. I have one room that's uh, 2,500 square feet. It's a party, party room, and 4,000 square foot deck outside on three different levels. And I got guest rooms here where my leaders stay when they come here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a beautiful place. We just, we just love it, you know. And and that's the thing when they they when they come here, they feel it. They feel the love. They know, they know I want to connect, and and we do connect. And that's the thing. When you create the glue in the relationship, they're going to stay with you. That's the thing. Jeff, have you ever read the book, The Greatest Networker in the World? I did, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, John Milton Fogg wrote that John Milton Fogg. Yeah, sounds a lot like your style, the greatest networker in the world. <laughs> you know, I was so, I was talking about him to someone today, and it's funny because I haven't talked about him in a long time. But earlier today, I was talking, and and but you're right, and and that's the thing. So I I just create the relationships, and and that's the thing. And then I'll fly out from the United States. I'll go overseas. Like last year, I I you know I I spent I don't know probably about three months last year overseas. Um, just traveling different Asian countries, I would uh, meet with uh, you know top pin leaders and uh, have dinner with them, have lunch with them. Um, you know, so important. It's so important to bond with your leaders, and yep. uh, and that's it. You know, you do that. If you do that, and you'll create such a strong team that it's going to last. It's going to grow. I've seen people that don't do that, and I've bad you know their 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 teams are gone right you know okay but i would say so, and, you know other than that richard other than that mm-hmm. i think it's also important that with leaders they want direction and i have an online system where i you know it's free i have replicated websites for them i have a back office that they can go into where they have the tools that they need you know, like short online uh, or, you know, uh, short videos, I mean, um, uh, presentation videos that they can just send out the link. Uh, right. I, have an e-book, I have an e-book back there that I wrote, The Ten Steps of Duplication. Nice. So as you know, everything's pretty much moved online. So I have all the tools there, all the support there. We do the calls, and, and I have it in different languages too, I, English, Korean, you know. Chinese, right? So many different languages. Um, so I support the leaders that way. Um, but I think that's important to, today is to stay progressive because we do it differently today, you know, than we did back when I started. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay, so what's the future hold for you, Jeff? Like you got 18 years, you've You've made uh, millions and millions of dollars, and uh, so what are you going to do in the next five or ten years? Are you are you uh, living the life, or do you have other big goals? Well, I'm a. When I was in Taiwan working the business, I met the woman who became my wife, and she had a five year old son at the time when I met her, and then we had a baby together. So wow. I'm, I feel, you know, I'm 61, and I have an 8-year-old son. Awesome. So I feel like a, fa- <laughs> a father and a grandfather. I feel like that. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I, yeah, I am living the life because I'm enjoying family life. I love that. I really love that. Because when I started in four life, I was single. And, um, but, um, but to have that, that wasn't something I really planned on. And when I lived in Guam, you know, again, I was single. So, but later on, I met my, my wonderful wife. And so, uh, you know, as far as the, with the future, uh, you know, I, I personally feel that I have to give back. And I have to not only give <clears throat> back to the leaders in my organization who are with me, 
I want to make sure that that they're going to be just as successful. That they're going to be, you know, they're going to have everything that they wanted when they came in this. I'm, you know, that's 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 my job. That's the way I see it. And I want to help them get there. And I make them feel that too. And when they got problems, I listen. Uh, anything, I just, you know, whatever I can do. You know, when they ask me to come and do an event, if possible, I'll do it. But I also like giving back to um, leaders in, a, in, you know, in other companies. I have people that come and visit me, just like that book you talked about, The Greatest Networker. I have some people come over here to visit with me just to sit down and talk, and they just want to record a conversation. They just, can you help me out? Can you, can you give me some ideas? Can, can you, you know, and I, sure, I'd be glad to do that. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me through Facebook or by phone or and, I, you know, I've never worried about whether I get paid on somebody. That's never been my concern. Never been my concern. So, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll stay engaged. I, I don't know how to retire. Well, you got <laughs> an 8-year-old son. You can't retire. You got a new, you got a new bride and an 8-year-old son. You got, you got to stay working. That's right. And the other thing, Richard, is I love music. I've been involved in music since I was a kid, but I, I, I'm a songwriter. So when I was in the Philippines, uh, I have a band there, that, and, and fantastic musicians. They, they play American music better than Americans. But um, but at any rate, I, wrote, uh, I got my third CD coming out this month on iTunes. So I, I just love doing that. I just love music. My wife, uh, she was a professional entertainer in Taiwan for 20 years. So... Um, Anyway, I told her when I met her, I said, I'm going to retire you, and uh, I'll buy you a Steinway Model D piano, which I did. <laughs> so now it's, she looks out the windows when she plays piano, and she looks at, at the Smoky Mountains and just loves it. She loves the country life now. And, but, you know, I, I don't know. You know, we, we stay busy. We stay very fulfilled uh, in what we do, happy, you know, in, in the areas of music, and then also the community here. We get involved in the community and helping people. Um, we have a lot of parties, you know, at the house. We're very hospitable people. Um, Sounds like it. Yeah, that's what we're known for. Well, so, Jeff, to uh, wrap this up, every once in a while I turn the tables on my guest. If you've listened to Hero Calls, you know what's coming. Um, you have a question for me about the network marketing profession to put a cherry on top of your extraordinary interview. Wow. Now that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Now you got to think on your feet. Yeah. Now I got to think on my feet. Yeah, you're right. Well, of, of course, you know, it, uh, Richard, a lot, the, the industry has changed a lot since the time you began, I began, uh, how do you see it now? Do you see it, um, is it confusing, or do you see it as the sky's the limit? Oh, I think certainly, um, I mean, just the statistics would prove out that technology and innovations and systems have improved our profession, certainly changed it, but improved it. Um, you know, in the days when you and I started, you know, pe people that have been in the business in the last five or 10 or 15 years, they don't think about these things. It's hard for people to even think what was the world like pre-internet, you know? Mm, yeah. It's hard for some people to think what was the world like pre-Facebook or social media, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, when you and I got started, there wasn't even UPS or FedEx. Uh, right. You know, if, if you wanted to buy product, you had to get a cashier's check and send it to the company. They didn't even take personal checks. There weren't even credit <laughs> cards back then. So, That's right. You know, you, you, you know, people look at technology and they look at social media and, you know, they look at the proliferation of companies. There's so many companies now, so many distractions. I mean, one of the things that, that I liked about network marketing 40 years ago is the only way you knew there was another company in existence is if they were having an opportunity meeting next to you in the same hotel. <laughs> and so 
you know, your people didn't know, oh, what about this company? What about that company? And, you know, they weren't comparing companies. So, you know, with technology and advancements comes a downside. You know, it's, it's so much easier for people to get distracted. Um, um, but, but the tools that, they, that people have today for building, whether it's, you know, online videos or social media or, you know, email or, um, you know, the expense. I mean, you know, do you remember what our phone bills were back in the, the 70s and 80s? I mean, it got you know, our whole check. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it'd be nothing to spend a thousand dollars a month on, on phone bills. And, That's right. You know, I remember doing it. Um, oh, for sure. Uh, conference calls, like we're doing right now. If we set up a conference call twenty-five years ago, it cost you five hundred or a thousand dollars just to do this call. Mm-hmm. So, and if you just look at the stats of our profession, um, you know it's growing every year, almost every year, three, four, five percent. Uh, $180 billion now worldwide. And, you know, some companies do better than others. Um, your company has done fantastic for the last 25 years. Um, and, you know, other companies, you know, grow really fast, and then they tend to contract when they do that. And, of course, that brings right. people out because they they don't know how to deal with the contraction. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's different. But just like you said, Jeff, I think the, the most important thing that I got out of listening to you tonight was, you know, the smartest thing you ever did was, was you did the basics. You stuck to the basics. You kept it simple. Right. Um, you know, you, you talk to people about what they're looking for in the business, and then you ask them who they know. And, and the quickest way to lock somebody into the business is go sponsor somebody for them. And not one of your prospects, but one of theirs, so that they right. see how it's done. They see, you know, they see that people, even though people say no, that doesn't mean no, it just means no to the way you presented it, no to this moment. Uh, sometimes it means not yet. Don't no <laughs> enough, or it means not now, but it rarely means no forever. So, you know, people say, well, I know this person, but they're not going to be interested. They're too successful or they're too busy. And then you take them and show them how that person could be interested. And that builds belief. And you get two or three people sponsored under somebody, and then you recognize their small wins and you build relationship with them. Those things have not changed. What's changed is, like you said, the tools. And the tools are highly efficient today. I mean, you know, today you can send a message with, you know, one keystroke to 10,000 people. And, you know, you can post a video on your Facebook page and, you know, maybe 10,000 people will see it. And, you know, 30 years ago, if you wanted 10,000 people to see your video, you'd have to, you'd have to hire somebody to video you, and then you'd have to produce it onto a VHS videotape. It costs you $20 to send it to one person. So we are, we are, you know, so fortunate to have the tools and the technology that allow, I believe, way more people to be successful. And yet, perhaps what keeps people challenged is um, sometimes what's easy is taken for granted, you know. You know, if you, if you got involved in a network marketing company 30 years ago, it was going to cost you somewhere between 1000 and $10,000. There was no free sign-up, you know. Right. Um, uh, compensation, uh, uh, you know, benchmarks were higher. If you wanted to make money, you had to produce more. And, you know, I think some of the best, most important leadership of our profession was created in uh, the 70s, 80s, and 90s because just the, the nature of the business was companies didn't make it easier. And then as more and more companies got started and started competing against each other, you know, in the 70s and 80s, we didn't compete against other companies. You know, our, our distributors didn't know about other companies. That was not an issue. Today, everybody right. seems to be competing with each other. And so what that created, you know, maybe 15 years ago, I think it started, is what, you know, is commonly called the race to the bottom, where you know, uh, no, my compensation plan is easier. No, my active requirement is less. No, my enrollment fee is less. And, you know, you remember the days 
whenever it was, maybe 10, 12 years ago, when, oh, we're just going to let everybody sign up for free. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think that uh, empowers or supports people to develop um, the steel, the strength of character and uh, success principles that allow you to build and lead a big team. So that's, that's you know, right. I, I think the the future of the industry is is huge. You know, we 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 have this these two fundamental things will always support us, Jeff, to do what we do. Almost everybody on the planet wants to be healthier. They want to feel better. They want to live longer. They want to avoid um, ill health. They don't right. want that. They, they don't want to be sick for a day. They don't want to be sick for a month. And they certainly don't want chronic disease. They want to be healthier. They want to feel better. They want to live longer. They want to reduce their medical expenses and their, their risk of, you know, being uh, limited in life by medical conditions. And it's never going to change that people want more money. Um, and what we have as a profession that's, you know, even bigger, 10 times, 100 times bigger than more money, is we have the opportunity to show people how to build wealth, to build freedom. And, you know, once you get a team of a few thousand people, which, you know, maybe you only sponsored 50 or 100 of them, but if you just blow on that team and let it grow into a few thousand people, it doesn't really matter what you do after that point that team is probably going to grow away from you. And what you have then is you have wealth, you have, you have freedom, you have security, you have income regardless of what you do. And the ironic thing is there's not very many networkers that no matter how successful they are, quit doing what they're doing because uh, it's so rewarding and it's so much fun that um, people just keep doing it like you, like you just kept doing it for 18 years and, then you got a half a million people on your team, and as soon as those half a million people figure out how to sponsor just one person, you're going to have a million. <laughs> <laughs> it's you amazing. Stop it if you wanted to. <laughs> That's it. So it, it's the truth. Know, we, it really is the truth. Yeah. And you know when I and and I just started just with part-time people. I, I didn't have superstars. I didn't have you know professional networkers. It was just like you said. I just blew on it, blew it, and the fire kept growing. It kept growing, kept growing. That was it. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I think it's just brilliant that you uh, that you talk about those basics. I want to remind everybody listening that if you want a chance to win some books, you know, just think about what you heard tonight, and go to blissbusiness.com forward slash chat. Blissbusiness.com forward slash chat and put in the chat what you learned tonight. Writing it down will have you remember it. And then besides putting in the chat, create a plan to go implement it this week. Like take one thing you heard tonight and go put it into action this week. If you post what you learn on blissbusiness.com forward slash chat, you got an opportunity to win some books, Mach 2 for your career, you can read all about it on that page. Jeff, real honor to uh, interview you tonight. You have an epic story. For Life is one of my favorite companies. Um, I've known um, Liz and Bees for a long time, probably 20, 25 years. Uh, they're like, you know, really incredible, important people in our profession that have built a beautiful company, great products, and great reputation. Congratulations Thanks, to you for, for building a beautiful life and getting out of all those junk cars and, and bill <laughs> collectors. And uh, you, you, you certainly got on the other side of it. Well, it reminds so, me of your story, you know, when you, when you, when you sold that gas additive. Was it a gas additive, right? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Man, that was a long time ago. I remember reading that. That that so inspired me. I, I don't know when I I must have read that twenty five years ago or more. I don't know. I lose track of time, but Yeah. But it's a we're it's amazing. We're at time, Jeff. We're at time, Jeff, so I gotta wrap this up. I wanna Okay. Enjoy your time in you. Hawaii. 
Thank you, sir, and thank all of you. We're going to unmute the call now and give people a chance to thank you, Jeff, for uh, your contributions. And uh, I want to thank all of you on the call tonight for showing up and listening and taking notes and putting something on the chat. And most importantly, go out and implement something you learned tonight. Chase down your dreams. Live the life that you deserve. Thank you all. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course, his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.